Welcome to the podcast for the North Decatur Presbyterian Church. We are a PCUSA congregation located in Decatur, Georgia. You can find out more information about the church, our service to the community, and our great education programs for children, youth, and adults at ndpc.org. And you can follow us on Facebook. If you're in the Atlanta area, we hope you'll come and join us in person. Now let us turn to this week's scripture and sermon, and let us begin with a prayer. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything worthy of praise, let us meditate upon these things. Amen. One single verse this morning from the letter to the Hebrews, it is chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of the things hoped for. Faith is the conviction of things that are not seen. That is the word of God for us, the people of God. Together we say, thanks be to God. Well, it's good to be back with you this morning. I I'm glad to be here. I enjoy preaching, but the truth is I also enjoy not preaching, and I want to just say thank you to all those people who filled this pulpit over the last month, to Mary and Nona and Bobby Wren and Jen and Bill and Lanny for their beautiful messages. Uh, We are fortunate to have such amazing, gifted people within this congregation. Will you just show a sign of your thanks this morning? To each of them. We are coming back together as a congregation in this moment from each other. We are, uh, many of you yesterday at Fun on the Farm, and I love seeing you reaffirm your connections with each other and the life that we share. So in this season of return over the next couple of weeks, I want to talk about three ideas that unite us, and they are faith and hope and love. And today, I want to talk specifically about faith. And we just heard one of the most uh, noteworthy, one of the most well-known verses about faith in all of the Scripture uh, from that very quirky letter to the Hebrews. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It's the reality of the things that we hope for. It is the conviction or the evidence of the things that we cannot see. Now, Hebrews talks a lot about faith, but i got to be honest, it doesn't get any more straightforward than this one line. And in fact, that message, this, this message about faith from Hebrews, is echoed by a strikingly similar passage from Paul in the second letter to the Corinthians when he writes, we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. So scripture says that faith is how we see things that are otherwise hard to see. In faith, we not only see things, but we know them. We can rely, Scripture says, on what faith shows to us. So your faith, my faith, our faith as a body is a kind of knowing about the reality of this world. 
But it's not a knowing in the same way that science or math are ways of knowing. Things we know by faith can't be put under a microscope. They can't be plugged into an equation. What you know by faith is invisible to your eyes. It's visible, I think, to your heart. So what does it mean to see something with the eyes of your heart? What are these things that we see with the deep parts of our interior? Jason, we put up the first picture of that guy jumping. Anybody know who this is? <laughs> You're crazy if you do. This is a, uh, one of the most famous 20th century theologians. His name is Paul Tillich. And I love this picture of Paul Tillich jumping. Uh, he was famous, and some of you know, for his phrase, God is the ground of our being. So here he is jumping off the ground of our being. Paul Tillich still has the best definition of faith of anyone I know. Tillich said that faith is our ultimate concern. It's our ultimate concern. I bet you get what Tillich is sort of searching for here. Faith is what moves us and draws you out into something that is bigger and more significant than just your own very life. Now, y'all know what a concern is. I'm sure y'all have plenty of concerns. We are concerned about things in the world, things around us, because we're fragile and tender beings. We are vulnerable, always vulnerable to being hurt. Our lives are always precarious. Threats to our being are everywhere around us. Is there anything today to eat? That's why folks are coming to our fridge. Is there any way that I can pay the bills this month? Can I breathe the air? Can I get help when I'm sick? Those are all concerns that have to do with our physical bodies, but we human beings are special, maybe cursed, because we can imagine concerns that encompass more than just our bodily material needs. Am I loved? Am I accepted for who I am? Is the world fair for me and for everyone else? Will I ever stop grieving the one I lost? Can I find peace? What is true? When you stop and think about it, our lives are full of all kinds of different concerns. And I bet you organize your days, you organize your time to, to recognize and address these concerns. Well, Paul Tillich wanted to say that there is something within you that hungers to be connected to the external world, the world around you, and, and, and something that wants to connect more profoundly than just using the world to satisfy your bodily needs. Something in you wants to know that it belongs on this earth. We want to feel connected to life. We want to feel connected to this great chain of being that began centuries and centuries before us, that continues through us and will extend, we hope, long after us. We want to know deep down that we are not an accident of matter. 
that maybe there's a reason for us being here and being together. What Tillich was getting at is that we want meaning in our lives. Meaning is the invisible thing, the thing that we cannot see with our eyes, that can only be seen by our searching and yearning hearts. This summer I read a remarkable book. Jason, will you put the second slide up? It said there's an essential role for faith in human life. Now, Martin Hagland, the author of this book, is a philosopher who teaches at this school called Yale. And in his book, Secular, This Life, Secular Faith and Spiritual Freedom, Hagland says that faith is required for living in our mortal bodies. Now, Hagland rejects faith in God entirely, right? His faith is in the essential value and goodness of life itself. Life, Hagelin says, is beautiful. It's extraordinary. But because we are mortal beings, he says, it's faith that moves us to do all that we can to love ourselves, to love others, to seek political and economic justice for all. Hagelin's secular faith is concerned with life itself. Now, Beth could tell you that there were a lot of things about Hagelin's book that made me want to throw it across the room at the wall in frustration. But what I appreciated about it and why I bring it to you this morning is that Hagelin pulls this idea of faith into the middle of the human arena. He affirms that all of us, whether we're religious people or secular people, we all have some kind of faith Most of the faith talk within the Christian tradition is cliched and mind-numbingly circular, right? In the Christian tradition, we always say things like, well, you need faith in order to know God. And then you ask where faith comes from, and they say, well, it only comes from God. Well, how do I get it, for crying out loud? How do I get this thing that's essential? The truth is we already have it. It's in us. It's, It's part of our created being. So I think Hagland and Paul Tillich are closer to the truth. They both affirm that everyone has faith. Faith is part of our humanity. All of us look at our small, short lives and wonder, what could it mean to live bravely in the face of our inevitable death? All of us will put faith in someone or something that we hope will help us push off our sadness or our despair and somehow beat back the constraints of mortality. The question is not whether we have faith, but in what? So I want to put the question to you today to think about today and tomorrow and the next day. What is your ultimate concern? What's your ultimate concern? Is it justice? Is it beauty? Tillich says that we are ultimately concerned about something that we know that we belong to. And yet somehow we feel existentially separated from that thing. 
That's what makes us pursue it with faith. So can you look in your own life and can you look at the objects of your concern and can you ask, is this object worthy of my heart? If I pursue this thing with the full force of my being, will it satisfy my longing? Will it heal what hurts? If I put my life into this thing, will I get my life back? And maybe even more. Tillich was so wise to affirm that there is always risk in any act of faith. The risk, one of them, is that our object, the object of our faith, will not prove worthy. That our faith will have to be reassembled from what crumbles when the object proves insignificant or unsubstantial. And yet I still believe that it is better for us to be bold in our faith, to reach for the most marvelous objects of faith, even if we know we might be disappointed. So much better to be bold in our faith than to, than to restrict our faith to small things and minor concerns that are unworthy of your life's most vital energy. Friends, we are all people of faith, all of us. We all long, I think, for a reunion with that thing that holds not only the key that unlocks the mystery. And I just want to affirm it by the object of our faith that is at the center of our old, old story, God. We affirm in this place every Sunday this object of our faith God loves the world. God makes everything in it so that everything fits with everything else. Everything has a place and everything is good. That's how God makes it. And God loves all of this, we claim. This same God looks when we make a mess of things. And God in compassion comes to be with us, to walk alongside of us, to teach us how to find our way back to our shared experience of created goodness. And Jesus, we talk about Jesus a lot in this place as the object of our faith. Jesus is concerned with us before we're ever concerned with Jesus. Jesus is concerned with filling our hungry stomachs and healing our physical and mental illnesses. Jesus is concerned with those of us who are poor and those of us who are locked away in prison. And Jesus is concerned with those of us who screw up to make sure we know we are forgiven. Jesus is so concerned with us that Jesus goes right along with us into death so that we will not be afraid. God is concerned with us. This beautiful, holy object of our faith is not just the object of our concern. God is concerned with us. God wants us to know that that love always makes a way, that love is stronger than death, and that love in this world makes all things new. We do wonder 
Every one of us wonders if our lives are connected to something bigger, something beautiful, something joyful, something true, something enduring, something so much bigger than us, but that also includes us, all of us, long for the thing that we cannot see with our eyes, meaning itself, but for which we yearn with our hearts. You have faith. So let your faith this day and always be big and lovely and audacious and worthy of your life. Faith is the assurance of things that are hoped for. It is our conviction of things that are not seen. Let the church say, amen.